Hello, and welcome to TV Times 3, episode 368. On this episode, we've got some news, and then we'll be discussing recent episodes of The 100, Chicago Justice, The Handmaid's Tale, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Riverdale, plus a brief reality check and some recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 368. I'm Amory from mytakeontv.com. I'm Jason, the TV holic from tvholic.com. And this week we have joining us Ivy from the internet. Ivy from the internet. Hello. Hello. Greetings and salutations. Have you seen Ray, Ivy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we all just know each other, Jason. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought that all internet people knew each other. <laughs> My bad. That's funny. Some news. The CW has canceled No Tomorrow and Frequency after one season each. Not even a full season. It's like the first time in, since Emily Owens that a show on CW hasn't gotten the back nine. <laughs> I mean, unless they were a mid-season replacement, like the hundo. I mean, I could see... I mean, both of the stories that they were telling, I could see them being like, this is the arc we have laid out mm-hmm. and not necessarily wanting to, cre- you know, have to come and create a, you know, some sort of back nine or shorter arc sure. to go with them. Uh, but I don't know. I liked Frequency, but I got I got a little bit behind and then... Never even watched an episode. And then it... It didn't do. It wasn't doing all that great in the ratings, and then I was like, "Oh, it's almost over, so it's going to be on Netflix in like a couple of weeks." So I just deleted them off the DVR, <laughs> and then I was like, eh, "This doesn't look like it's going to come back." Yeah. <laughs> don't need to. Worry I gave about, it a chance. Don't need to worry about. It. Don't need to worry about that. So yeah, I didn't care to start it at all. Um, I did start No Tomorrow, and it was fine. It was just not great. So I, I just mean, I like the people in No Tomorrow. Yeah, the weird whiplash of it starting someplace else and then ending, and then <laughs> the next episode is taking place in Seattle was really weird. Uh, Wait, what? But uh, the the first episode it takes place someplace else, and then they retrofit it so that by the second episode it's taking place in Seattle. I didn't even notice that. No, I think they, didn't they, it was one episode in the screener, but by the time they aired it, I think they changed it to Seattle. Oh, maybe. Yeah, but they. I only watched the screener. But they retrofit it to do it, and then they added scenes in to, to, like, the second episode to make, they added, like, transition shots, I think, maybe, or whatever. Oh, okay. There's, there's There's a weird scene in the first or second episode where she's running, like, from someplace to home or whatever. And everywhere she runs, you can see the space needle. Mm. <laughs> which, like they're trying too hard. Yeah, which there are no, there are like no freeway overpasses that you can run across and see <laughs> the space needle, like that are in also in a neighborhood, you know that are, you know in Seattle or whatever. That's a, it was just too, uh, too funny uh, given the way that uh, where the freeway goes and how much water there is around the area. <laughs> That was funny. Uh, it was very much and like a, a downtown Los Angeles overpass that she's running across, but yet the Space mm-hmm. Needle is in the background. Uh, and then they then they had them like park in a in a foresty spot to like make out in a car, you know, because obviously yeah, there's trees. Obviously. And then because I think they switched to like filming up in 
in Vancouver or whatever too. So like it would make sense there, but it was just, that was, that was one of those weird, those weird things. But, uh, but yeah, not a surprise on either of those. I liked Um, Montemarie, but it never got, never met the little bit of potential it had. mm -hmm. I did like that Deidre was, was uh, Katie's mom on the magicians and you'll never find two more characters that looked dissimilar and acted dissimilar that were played by the same person. Danny Peets? Um, yeah. From Caroline in the City, right? Or uh, from the, uh, what was the, uh, she was the mom on the uh, Nine Lives uh, show. That oh, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. As well. What was that? Nine Lives of? Chloe King. Yes, that's the one. Nine Lives of I Didn't Watch the Show past the first episode because it was bad. I ended um, up being so- all right. It's too bad they didn't pick that up for another season. That's probably enough about all those shows. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and yeah. Amy, and, so, and going over her history of TV shows. Yes. So Fox has canceled Pitch after one season, which um, they should have aired it at mid-season like they were supposed to. But because everybody liked the pilot, which I thought was just fine, they rushed it to air. And it aired among when we were getting enough baseball preemption as it was. People didn't watch it. People didn't care because it was a good show. It just deserved better. Fox should have put it on in the spring. Truth. Yeah, it could have worked maybe better as baseball season was getting started as opposed to at the end of the season. Like you said, with getting you know some preemptions for the playoffs and stuff like that, even though they could use that to try and advertise it, it still was like <laughs> uh, not, always, not always the best. But did seem like a show, though, that – even though it was low rated, it was also on a Friday night, but had pretty decent, you know, like it wasn't on a Friday, like reviews and things like that, that, uh, but it wasn't on a Friday. It did. It aired on Friday nights, didn't it? It aired on Thursday nights. Are you sure? I thought it aired on Friday. It aired on Thursdays. Well, if it aired on Thursdays and it was doing that poorly, then. Duh. <laughs> yeah. Then, then not, not a lot, but still had that, that sort of. I don't know. I would, I'd put it in the same vein as, you know, low rated, but like a, like sweet vicious or things like that, that I think like once people saw it, the word of mouth was positive. And so it's one of those things that I think that could have grown like over, you know, over time to go into another season. But, you know, I swear it was on Fridays. Nope. Huh, it was on weird. Thursdays. It was on Thursdays. It was on Thursdays. Hey, oh, Amber, listen. You, what day did Pitch play again? Oh, Thursday. Oh, okay. I could have swore it was on Friday, but. Here's the thing. So this is unrelated, but apparently On Peak had a system-wide crash today. So apparently emails are still going out. Oh, so and then I'm like, does that mean that I was apl- assigned into a crappy hotel because their system crashed? Bunch of dicks. Sorry, I hate them. Were we talking about the Comic-Con hotel situation before we started recording or after? I don't remember. Before, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> People don't. I, we always do that. I always bring up something we were not talking about. Um, it's okay. Anyway, back to cancellations. NBC has canceled Friday night series. Emerald <laughs> City. Are you sure that was on Friday season. night, Henry? Yes. This does not surprise me, as it's a show that they were going to air and then didn't. And then we're going to air and then didn't and then finally did. And it was horrible. It was also a show they were going to make and then weren't. 
yeah. and then decided to make and then did and then weren't going to. It was, it was just so boring. Well, the, the show they originally picked up two years ago wasn't the same show they aired. I read that script yeah. and this that was other than it being set in Oz and there was witches and Dorothy. It was not at all the same show. I believe that. Yeah, it uh, it definitely changed over the, you know, but the, like the basic idea, or basically a show called Emerald City was right, right. <laughs> was was out there, and then, uh, yeah, finally landed on this and ended up filming this, and then, I mean, you know, something's taken a long time when you see it advertised like a second year at Comic Con. You know, like it was, right. it was like all over, all over buses and things like that. And then, and then nothing. And then, uh, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I watched the first episode of that and I was like, yeah, no, there's a, I'd rather be watching pitch on Friday nights than this. <laughs> well, with yeah. the DVR, you can, except you can't anymore. Cause it's gone. Right. That's true. Although I never watched the last two episodes of pitch. So. Guess you don't have to now. I don't, yeah. <laughs> Mike waved his trade. Spoiler alert, Amory. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know if that happened before or after you watched it. it. Doesn't It doesn't matter. I think it happened before it was going yeah. into those. And then Netflix has renewed 13 Reasons Why for a second season, but it sounds like people are not happy about that um, uh-huh. because it didn't need a second season from what I'm hearing. Nope. I only started it while I was getting a tooth pulled at the dentist and they let me watch Netflix and it was all I could think of as my mouth was numbing up. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, 13 reasons why. Like they were like, what can you, what do you want to watch on Netflix? And my mind went blank. So I don't remember a lot of it. Yeah. I haven't watched, I haven't watched it, but from what I understand is that they cover the book that it's based off of in the 13 episodes mm-hmm. uh, of the first season. Because and it's so, 13 yeah. reasons. And so people are like, you know, then what do you do? And the, the little thing that I read was that you continue, you continue to follow all of these people and how their, their lives continue, you know, continue from, you know, from that point. And I could see that as, as a story, but then it seems like it would also be completely told in a completely different way because you don't have the conceit of the recordings that the things are based around. And so I can sort of picture, I can sort of picture it based on not having seen actually how the episodes work, except that it, it, to me, it just sounds like it would be characters that you from the first season continuing on and how they're dealing with things and how their lives are after you know, finding out all this stuff and, and, af, you know, after the suicide and then, but it's, it just seems to me like you're creating a whole different, you're telling a story in a completely new way, which would be sort of weird, I think is, is where, is where my brain says the weird thing would be is that you're telling, you'll be telling the story in a different format than you were to continue telling a story with these people. It's just completely unnecessary. I mean, that's the that's the worst part is that this is I mean, it's a whole story. I mean, they left in some breadcrumbs for other stuff. But I can tell you this will be unless something weird happens in the fall. This will be my favorite new show of the year. And I won't watch the next season at all. 
I've just got no. That's not out of. That's not a protest. I just don't need to see what happens next. I can see that, but I can also see, you know, the argument on the other side of things is you never know what it's, what things are going to end up being until, you know, until they're, you know, they're made. Maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be good. Uh, it does sound like a, a weird idea, but I I always hate to use the it's unnecessary because there is no TV show that is necessary. <laughs> whether whether new another season of something, uh, uh, um, turning a book into a TV show, turning a movie into a TV show, or going the other direction, none of it's necessary. And so I'm always uh, wait and see. Uh, what they what they do with things because you know there's been plenty of things that have come along that have been a surprise if it completely flops and it totally sucks would that be a surprise no yeah but i i i just always it just always sounds funny to me when uh you know especially and or the other thing that i hear people say sometimes is the uh who is asking for that Nobody was asking for blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, name a TV show that came out of nowhere that people were asking for. You know, like, we're a bunch of people sitting around going, God, I can't wait till they make Breaking Bad. Nobody had heard of it. Somebody just came up with it, (laughs) you know? So, you know, those types of things are just, uh, I don't know. I always find there weird ways to talk about TV or things like that. To me, I call it unnecessary because the first season of 13 Reasons Why told a complete story, a beginning, a middle and an end. It was a a perfect arc of of a of a story played out over thirteen still, episodes. You know, it still will be. They'll just create a new story with these characters and how that has affected them going forward in their lives. And they'll create a new story was, in the second season. Well, I mean, but the thing is, is the way the story plays out is you see how it affected them. Everyone, everyone in the show knows Short the reason term. why. Yeah, but you you know how it affected them short term, but you don't know how these people go on uh, in their lives. I will no longer disagree with you. Uh, <laughs> verbally. Ivy, you're wrong. Basically, is what he's telling you. But I'm moving on. So USA announced today that we're officially getting a psych uh, holiday movie, two-hour movie, uh, to air in December of 2017. Production starts at the end of this month, and everybody's confirmed that matters so far. At least, in, at least for this, if they film a holiday movie in the summer, since it's supposed to take place in Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara, it won't really matter that they they won't have to try and fake snow or anything, right? Exactly. <laughs> or have people wearing parkas in ninety degree weather. It was one of my favorite shows that was ever made of all time. Some of my favorite people, some of my favorite um, executive producers of all time. <laughs> Chris Henze, I love you so much. Totally lends itself to this type of absolutely of thing of 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 doing, you know, some sort of uh, you know movie mystery or whatever. Right. So that'll be in December of this year. I'm very. Will excited. it air on Friday? We that we don't know. <laughs> There's no confirmation just when, just December 2017. Moving on then to prime time. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4, Episode 20, Farewell, Cruel World. 
I couldn't even begin to tell you. I haven't watched the show in two years, so have I? <laughs> so what do you think, Ivy? What do you think of... Uh... I'm I'm so happy we're done with the framework. I did not find, beyond reintroducing some characters or maybe seeing um, characters in a new light, like Hope, um, getting to see, you know, Mac with a daughter, I I just was not at all interested by it. The only, the best thing to come out of the entire framework run, as far as I was concerned, is the surprise. And if it was announced in advance and I didn't, I, I completely missed it and didn't see the name in the credits. So when Trip walked on screen, I was like, Trip's here! Yeah. That was, that was about the only good thing that came out of it, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I don't remember. I tried not to watch any opening credit sequences or things like that. Because that is the dumbest thing. I mean, I get it. I guess it's sort of like contractually <laughs> obligated to put them in the guest starring things or whatever. But when it's right. supposed to be, you know, like a a surprise return, or you know, especially in this type of case, you're never you're supposed to as you're going through this, you're never supposed to know who might show up next. You know, what right. other past character might you might come across or something like that. Uh, so I had. I had sort of fun with it in that I liked, you know, them sort of doing this for a chance to like mess around and, you know, bring back some people in uh, that you hadn't, you know, that hadn't been on the show in a while because they, you know, died off or, or what have you. And so, so that was kind of fun. Also seeing, you know, some characters play, you know, playing uh, completely different is interesting too. I think sometimes, you know, the whole, like, Agents of Hydra uh, type of thing was kind of uh, kind of funny. Uh, the The weirdest thing, though, is I was watching them all. I, I watched the last seven episodes to catch up uh, to talk about it on the podcast, uh, which is why I put it on the podcast to give me an excuse to <laughs> catch up with something, get, an, get something off the DVR. Uh, but... So I watched them all in a row and that was, you know, a little more interesting than like week to week. I think maybe possibly uh, yeah. kind of got through it all, all pretty quickly. But yeah, I, I liked, I liked some of it. It did feel like it maybe went on a little bit too long, but then within that, they do these things that I, I personally can't wrap my head around. Like, Mac, I get it. He has a daughter in and loves his daughter in the thing, but he sees that it's fake. And he's told <laughs> that if he doesn't go back, he's literally going to die. And there's the possibility that when they go back, that the framework could get shut down. So he would also die. You know, his consciousness in this world would also die. And to me that you would then still decide to stay is bizarre to me. And it all just feels like based on seeing previews and stuff like that is so that they still have somebody to save you know, like later on that they still have, you know, I don't know. It just, uh, some of those type of things were, uh, were weird. But the thing that I think got me the most is watching this and handmaid's tale and how sort of similar mm. <laughs> the world that got created that Hydra was now <laughs> head of. 
in the in the fake framework, uh, how similar that was to the, you know, to uh, what's taken over, you know, in the Handmaid's Tale was kind of uh, was kind of interesting. It kind of it was some sort of cross between, uh, like, I don't know, like there was some there were some very Star Warsy's type of uh, uh, scenes that were, where characters felt like they were like you know the Darth Vader or the Emperor type of thing uh, coming uh, coming around, and then you know in right. Hydra, and so it had that it had this weird sort of uh, dark side of the Force, uh, Handmaid's Tale like city that was built was I don't know it was kind of it was kind of strange but I did like seeing like well I didn't like the fits that there was but I liked seeing him play a you know like a completely different character it was kind of interesting the idea of like in this world Mace was wasn't inhuman because that was like his biggest regret it was that he wasn't actually one all these different uh, you know things like Fitz not having his father in his life and so now he does, but his father is incomplete. Uh, yeah. You know, so like that, that leads him in a, another direction. And so like all these things, while they changed, you know, the algorithms changed to create this weird world. But I think had I been watching week to week, it would have felt like it went on a little long, you know, like getting to like getting to this point so that they have what, like two episodes left with you know, with Ada in a real body, you know, mm. uh, type of thing with uh, some uh, interesting superpowers. <laughs> well, I'm just curious to see what happens now. You know what? N- where do we go from here? We've and I think we I think where do I we go about, from here? I was I was Amory, you don't know how tempted I was to say <laughs> the battles won. They kind of won, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I couldn't really do that because Ada lives, and that wouldn't have been true. Um, I don't know what any of that means, but okay. But we we talked about how, or I think Jason, you and I have talked about this. The camera from the podcast or not? About how when May, when we finally see the real May again, all of this relationship development between her and Coulson is it going to be played out as real? Because we will remember it as the audience, but even knowing that it wasn't the real may. And I have a feeling they were a little flirty right there at the end. And I was just like, okay, I guess we're just going to fake it. Like this is actually a thing. Uh, is Fitz going to remember yeah. and have a whole lot of regret and guilt about what he did in the, in the, and so I keep wanting to call it the matrix inside the framework. <laughs> so I'm curious to see they've, they've used all this story and they've created all this conflict. Are they actually going to pay it off? Or is it going to be one of those things that just goes away? Yeah, there's some of that, like, yeah, like with Coulson and May, they try, they also added in the backstory of that they were flirty once before, like that there's, uh, and that they've been on, you know, missions where they've been undercover, uh, you know, together. So there is like real history, 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 uh, and things like that. And they did have a little bit, you know, of her you know, coming around, but yeah, when she says, you know, when she says something like when they come out of it, that his weird personality, like in the, you know, in the framework was kind of cute. It does seem like they're, they're hinting at that, except I could see it on the part of Coulson, but there's literally been very little, like 
it was there was a little bit and then she got replaced and so a lot of what we right. saw was just one-sided and so in if there's not something that like he you know he comes around and says something like well you know i realized you know this and says something to her that then she thinks about it and then comes around to oh maybe that could be something if it's just a thing that would be weird because yeah we saw all of because then all that development would have taken place with characters that you know well one that blew up you know that with that blew up uh, that are you know that were robots and things right. like that uh well and i guess too you could always retcon it to say that ada programmed the robot may to be so perfect that she actually may have picked up on something that was inherently there that they didn't reach it yeah i don't know well they did I'm curious, they curious did say that in 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 maybots uh you know when she when she blows when she blows herself up to uh you know stop colson ro- robot from uh from getting them as they're trying to escape that some of the stuff was you know the reason she was doing like what she was doing is because she had like the full feeling right. without knowing you know her programming was to be like a complete replacement and so and so that shows that there are those latent feelings there but unless there's something else that comes that draws them out of may now they can't just be there in may you know like in in real may you know uh, there has to still be some other event or like i said colson saying something to her or whatever that then brings those latent feelings to the fore they can't just be there now uh, because there hasn't been anything really for those characters in the real life sense to, you know, on both sides. So uh, that would be weird. I, it definitely looks like, you know, Fitz is definitely freaked out by how evil he became, you know, the like his real his and May's realization that they were, you know, the cause of Mace's death and things like that. Uh, but I also hate things like they keep saying, Fitz, get out of the way, and he won't get out of the way. Like, how messed up are you? <laughs> You're just like, and then they disappear, you know, because now she can jump from place to place or whatever and take somebody with her. Uh, so, I mean, it, it. I guess it'll make for some interesting, uh, you know, how are they going to track her down and actually stop her in the in the real world? You know how people are are going to feel based on what they've seen, and and how the you know the fake. I mean, they do tell you that the fake also does affect you. Like the longer you're in, mm-hmm. it, it to your brain, it it feels real. So some of them were in a little deeper, and some of them were in, you know, had turned <laughs> right, had, had turned pretty bad, and then others had just gotten in, you know, recently. So uh, I did like that they played with the the whole thing that Colson's had things done to him before. And that's why it didn't, that's why they would figure it out. That's why it didn't fully take uh, type of thing. I like, I like that type of stuff where they pull stuff from the, you know, from the past to yeah. make things now actually make sense and things. And, uh, and like I said, it was, it was fun to watch, but I think it was more fun to watch as I binge through them, as opposed to if I had been watching it week to week. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Is, is one show that, depending on how they end the season, if it gets picked up, and I've 
I guess the latest is is that the odds are good. Uh, I could definitely see myself giving up on it, you know, next year and not watching. Yeah, I mean it's it's I mean it's been that kind of a show up and down all along. It it all depends on kind of what they're doing. I mean this this year they almost did like three different. I mean they all kind of sort of played into one giant story, you know, with the the dark hold and and things like that. But there was. You know, but you had the Ghost Rider arc, and then you know an LMD arc, and then uh, Agents of Hydra arc. Even though they were all sort of an overarching story as one thing, since uh, Ada has now gotten her, you know, real life body d- due to the Darkhold and stuff like that. So some of those, it depends on like what type of story. It'll probably interest me to check it out to see like what you know, what they're going to do, because I like the, much of the, the Ghost Rider entrance into this part, into this season. So, but then, you know, like you said, or I think we both sort of said this part of it sort of felt like it could have been shorter. <laughs> you know, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. So yeah, I don't know. Oh my God. That was the, I have no idea what's going on in the show. And, um, I just zoned out. <laughs> Amory, wake uh, up. Um, yeah, now we yeah. can move on to the uh, real Handmaid's Tale. Oh my god, I gotta find the email again. Hold on, please. What did I do with it? How did I lose it? Hold on. Uh, Amory, did you ever have it? I did. It was open, and then I don't know what happened to it. The Handmaid's Tale, Season 1, episodes, Episode 4, Nolite Te Bastardis Carborundurum. I love this show. <laughs> it's so tense and so... I don't know what's going to happen. I never read the book. And I think that everybody's doing such amazing work. Um, Alexis Bledel is unreal. And Yvonne Serhovsky is amazing. And I mean, Lizzie Moss is awesome too. But like, I feel like Alexis and Yvonne are not getting the credit they should be getting. They're unreal. Just every single moment on the show is so tense and so full of like, what is going to happen? Who is going to die next? What is going to happen? And I love it. I'm here for it. And this is another show I don't think needs a second season. I think it it depends on how far they take the story. You know what I mean? Like there's the book definitely sets up a story that starts and ends. And I think you can only tell you could tell half of that in a season. You could tell all of it in a season. I think it kind of depends on how far they go. But that was they worked with them to map out what other seasons would be like. So it's, do you tell a story past the end of the book? Um, or, or so, you, uh, from it, how it, I know the book up. ends, they definitely could tell a story beyond it. Cause the book ends. Right. With a cliffhanger, essentially there's no yeah. open. I mean, yeah, I don't know, but you're right. There has been some phenomenal work on this show. And I don't think Alexis Waddell isn't like, as far as I look at Gilmore Girls, Lauren Graham was always great. Liza Wiles, incredible. Melissa McCarthy was so good. But, like, I never thought Alexis Bledel was up to the quality of the rest of the cast. But she's, like, proving me wrong here. She's just so good. And she does a lot with just those giant eyes of hers. Oh, my God. I was really worried as a viewer that she was that she might only be doing a couple of episodes. Like, the way the... The second episode ended and the way her story played out in the third episode, 
I don't, I mean, I don't know if she comes back. I don't know, you know, it's how does that yeah. work? How does she, I can definitely see them being done there. I don't, I hope that's not the case because, because of how phenomenal she's been, but I'm a little, and I feel like it's not going to be the case because you can see at the end of that episode that she was, or the end of episode three, she was very like, all right, I'm resolved to go take them on even more. This yeah. won't stop me in her face. Um, I mean, I love what Joe Fine is bringing to the show too. Like, cause you're supposed to hate these commanders and, you know, obviously for like ceremony night and stuff like that, I do, but he's just kind of following what he's supposed to be doing. But then he invites her into the library. I just, I don't know. I really like that relationship and how he's letting her kind of be herself. Which obviously happened with the last handmaid and see yeah. how it worked out for her. Right. Well, it, it made it seem like it hadn't, you know, those type of things hadn't happened necessarily with the with the previous one. No, I don't know, because the previous one knew the Latin phrase. Well, She's the one who etched it into the wall. Well, she knew the she knew a Latin phrase, but it sort of made it sound like He did it as a child? Well, like, he was inviting her in to play and try and make, like, he was trying to make this less bearable. I mean, less less unbearable and more more bearable for her so that she wouldn't do what the last one did. And so it it made me think that, like, if he was doing the same thing with the last one, that seems like you would need to do something else if that didn't, because that didn't work. And Uh, people are also, I think that, Maybe he's doing it because Serena Joy is such a C word um, that like he like this is that's likely why the the earlier offered like off herself um, because this woman's so awful. But so maybe she, he's like counteracting this horrible woman who clearly in a misguided way loves her husband which i don't know how people i mean do you get selected to be wives and martha's and like how do you get selected to be that and our handmaid so handmaids are a higher level than martha's well to an extent they're but they're locked into a specific cast yeah you know martha's certainly have more personal freedom than the handmaids do right but i don't know I'm I'm fascinated to see, especially if they do more seasons of more of what's going on outside of Gilead, more of what's going on in in the rest of the world, because I, I'm fascinated by the whole if if fertility rates drop to as low as they have on the show, society in general would devolve. And yeah, this is one right. way of that manifesting itself, but it's hardly the only one, you know what I mean? And so does And that's like a worldwide thing. Right. Like how are other because they they definitely this one starts out with him talking about how somebody escaped uh and they had you know posted an interview in the you know on the Toronto Sun website. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, so it makes it sound like Canada is not the you know hasn't turned into a similar you know, like it would be interesting to see like how the same problems have been dealt with with different right. with different uh, to hear a little bit more about that. You know, because like hearing like he was on a trade yeah, trade delegation to Mexico to, to Mexico. Uh, somebody had escaped. You know, uh, it was a 
what one of the ants or something like that had escaped and gone uh, to to Canada. There was mention of something, you know, how, you know, some sort of other deal, you know, through the UN, you know, some sort of trade thing. Like how how are other, you know, that the you know the euro could could fall if they don't do such and such, and so uh, things like that. Uh, but then also just the, you know, like almost like you're a woman, you don't have to worry your pretty head about that type of stuff. I, I, right. I'm going to go, I'm going to go deal, you know, I got to go to work or whatever. Uh, I think some of the, some of the things that would also be interesting to see, uh, I mean, it's, you see some of, you see a bunch of other characters in like backstory, you know, in the flashbacks and things like that. But it's so very interesting how, for the most part, like this last episode, like the story takes place with those three characters. And then you have like a little bit of the, the Martha and the guy that drives, you know, and, and the doctor who was, who was uh, the, the one, the husband from, uh, Donnie. Yeah. yeah. From Black. From yeah. Orphan Black. I, Black is the, is the creepy doctor. Who's like, I could help you out. <laughs> but he's not creepy. He's clearly in the revolution. Yeah, it's well, it but it it sounded a little creepy as in the I could get you pregnant so that you don't have to worry about whether he could. He was offering to sterilize her. No. No, no, he no. Was no. Offering he, he was offering to impregnate her because it was likely that the dude is sterile and she's oh, never going to get I wasn't paying attention enough. And she's <laughs> never and she's never going to get pregnant and she'll be blamed. Because the guys are never blamed. It's always it's always infertile woman women that are the problem. It's never, uh, you know, a sterile man. So he he was, uh, you know, he was promising. I the other thing I liked in the is the some of the little details. Like she's sitting in the waiting room, and up on the wall, there's probably like maybe like fifteen photos of like families with babies. That's like how many babies have come out of like this doctor's office. Oh yeah, you know type of thing like, but, but like, not a lot, you know. But it was also very stark that it was handmaids in their red outfits sitting there, waiting mm-hmm. to see the doctor. And what you saw was people in blue, and suits and no red in any of the photos because it was the you know the families that had you know taken the taken the babies, uh, you know some of those details and things like that that are in in there are are pretty interesting too that uh in this whole this whole world but within that type of stuff i f- would think it would be interesting like i was saying you know how the episode revolves around those three and in the house for the most part i'd be super interested to like follow him to work one day like i want to know like he's one of the higher ups i want to know what they do like where does he go what are the higher ups doing uh, how are they, and like you, like you said, Ivy, like or somebody, which one of you said, you know, how do you become these different things? You know, how did I'd be interested to see like how he became what he is. Like I'd I'd be interested in backstory of other characters of how yeah. they got to where they are, uh, not just uh, you know around Alfred's character. So I, there is a lot of other stuff that is interesting about this world that I'd be interested in seeing. And so I'm, I mean, I have, I have no idea where I I have no idea how the book ends or anything about the, the book. So I have like no clue, you know, where it's going. And so, 
but I I am interested. I would be interested in like in ten episodes because that's what they're doing, right? Ten, maybe. I believe. I can't remember if it's eight or ten. I want to say. 10. I don't know. I want to say ten because most. I mean, most of the Hulu shows are ten, but. But anyways, like that's a. Given how much they've told, or like where they're at, like, like how far, how much farther do you go in, in you know, four to six more episodes, right? In in a story. And uh, and then come back for, for more or something like that. So I don't know. Overall, it's just. Uh, it's a super it's a super interesting like different take on a you know sort of sort of post apocalyptic but in this case it was you know birth rates that dropped to practically nothing that uh, uh created the you know sort of the end of the world uh, type of thing right um and, right in this type in this type of case uh, you know cuz if it felt a you know actual zero you you would have an end at some point so yeah, just just a very interesting world that's set up, and all of the actors are are doing really good work. I mean, all of the you know the different side characters, and you know just seeing the different rituals that have developed. You know, the whole birthing ritual was super strange, but also like you know you got to see all these different uh, you know these other actors and characters uh, doing things. That was uh, it's it's definitely got me like hooked to see. <laughs> you know where things are going. I uh, when you mentioned the picture of the the kids. I wanted to get a close up to see how many of them look like Donnie. Yeah, I also had that thought. Like <laughs> later on, was like like uh, if you're putting those pictures up, like uh, yeah. if all of a sudden a lot of the kids start looking like the doctor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just saying. So yeah. So that's Handmaid's Tale. I can't wait. I mean, I don't. I haven't looked at the screener site to see if there's more, but um, I'm here for it, and I'm glad I watched all four episodes on Saturday. Through episode seven on the screener site. The Hundred, season four, episode ten. Die all, die merrily. If this season ends with Ian Cusick's character dying, I'm done with the show because he's not in the bunker. I totally thought Octavia was going to die. I was, oh, I didn't I was for a second. So worried. Well, the way, like, because Carla had posted some stuff online, you know, because she talked about the episode and she'd interviewed um, Marie before and did a, you know, before and after. And I was like, oh, heck no. Come on. Don't do that to me. There's only, I've always said there's only one character that would die on the show that would, that would, I would completely walk away. Like, that they, to me, there's one person they couldn't kill. And for you, it's it's Kane. For me, believe it or not, it's Monty. Like if they cross the line and killed Monty, I, I'm done. Yeah. But Octavia is probably that next person on that list that I don't know if I I don't know how much I'd like this show without her. Yeah. Well, Monty's stuck on the outside looking in right now. <laughs> yeah. I know. Monty's also <laughs> locked into the uh, arc. I think Monty and the gang there will survive. I don't think they'll ever get rid of Jasper. But with Octavia and Kane being locked out and the rain. You know, I just, and I also don't like the idea that this could ruin Bellamy and Clark's relationship because I love them so much. Not on a shipper level solely, but that they are like best friends also. And now she's locked, like she didn't have to do this. And she's locked out, you know, they won and she didn't wait to figure it out. I don't know. She just makes some really dumb, uh, dumb, dumb, dumb decisions. Clark does. 
Yeah, well, it's a decision based on thinking that Octavia is going to die and not going to be able to to survive, and that if any other clan, you know, wins, they're going to get, you know, they're going to get locked out, and it it uh, and so I sort of I sort of see it on that hand, but it almost feels like a little too far for even for like Clark, like she's done she's done some different things, but like even in this, like she was willing to shoot herself up. In, in, instead of doing it to somebody else and, you know, and then she was going to try and take the flame and uh, become the leader so that she could get everybody to go in. Uh, but then when that, you know, when those, and then, so then for her to like come around and it to be her idea to lock everybody, you know, to leave people out. And then, you know, when, you know, when they find out that they've, I'm assuming that they find out that they've won because Bellamy's going to know that his sister's out. And he's going to want to, he's going to want to go get her. Uh, that you know, that's definitely going to cause problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think they did that without a plan to get her. No, it seemed like they were, because uh, well, at least by the previews, they talk about how they can't open the door. Like, if they open the door, they'll be flooded with people that will want to kill them because they locked them out. You know, type right. of thing. Well, I'm not saying there wasn't a the plan wasn't bad. I'm just yeah. saying I can't imagine they didn't have a plan. But yeah, I don't know what. Uh, I just can't imagine them leaving Kane out there either. Yeah. Well, it also is a thing that for the show to go on, it's not going to just Sky Crew, right? And internal problems with who's locked in there now. You, there's got to be other things that uh, that happen. Uh, it's still a weird thing because the whole the whole talk is if the is once the once prime fire comes that they're stuck in the bunker for five years and unless you have some sort of uh jump in time that seems like a really long uh yeah that seems like considering it's only been like two months of the show yeah, basically that, right now you know that that you have yeah that the prospects of the show going forward once they're there is that everything now on takes place in this bunker uh seems like a bizarre you know, a bizarre way to go too if you know I don't know how much longer they're thinking the show can go or whatnot but I don't know it's uh it's all it's all a weird it's like all kind of a weird thing cuz there's still what do we have 3 did they only do 13 or did they do I 16 I can't remember I'm not sure how many episodes they're I'll watch until it says season finale yeah that yeah. That, that they're doing well, it it always, you know, some of these mid-season things come in and you're never quite sure because we're running towards the end of the season, but are they really going to, is this going to go into June or is, does it finish in May? I think it does go into June. Hang on, I'm checking. Because, I mean, when I was looking at it, I only saw 13 episodes listed on one site, but that doesn't mean that there's not more uh, than that. That's all that the, because they've done 16 previously, but I couldn't find, I couldn't find like a definitive like how many, how many episodes? The hundred season finale is on May twenty fourth. So three more episodes. That means we have the tenth, the seventeenth, and the twenty fourth until it's over. So they're doing thirteen. So three more episodes. So you have three more episodes of before before Prime Fire like wipes everything out. And, right. Uh, so if it does to be able, yeah. I mean, the episode is called Prime Fire. <laughs> well, and they've and they've said that the the forty two minutes of the episode will be the forty two minute the last forty two minutes before 
Prime Fire starts. Oh, did they say that? I didn't see that anywhere. I thought, and I, I, I could very well be making that up, but I don't think I am. That feels I, very yeah. specific. I think, I think that Raven is going to somehow magic a cure for everybody and die in the process. Or if it, if they do end up in the bunker, then we'll have a five-year time jump before next season. Yeah, at least at some point in time. Like it just seems. Danny like Line's a... scorecard says that there's a couple time jumps coming, so it could be one. Oh, I haven't looked at the scorecard yet. I'm so, so I love that thing so much. It's always fun. I just love to kind of like guess what's going to happen, and I could never have guessed that the nuclear meltdown that they mentioned was not this show. But anyway, spoilers. I don't know. I just I'm into the hundred. I'm glad I got caught up. I just. I don't know. I'm kind of feeling a little uh, blase about it. I think they wasted Zach McGowan, literally and figuratively, because he's dead now. You and I have a very different opinion on Zach McGowan. I just think he's such a nice dude. I want him to do uh, well. I just also hate Echo so much. And um, I have to say, that's also been weird Paris. watching Zach McGowan on both Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and The 100. At oh, the, Zach's on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? At the same time. I didn't know he was on S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. I knew he was awesome. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I am happy that they followed through and did really kill the, the 12 clan members. You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad that the it really did work, that there was one person left, and they didn't, like, cop out of that. You know what I mean? But shouldn't some of the monitors have noticed that people had arrows sticking out of them and that nobody had <laughs> Bellamy did notice. I know he, he did and, and stopped it, but like nobody else noticed or would have, you know, or like. Well, I don't think anybody else was really paying attention. They were all pacing in that throne room. But there were supposed to be monitors or whatever, like, like, uh, you know, like Rowan says he could call somebody and, and, uh, I don't know. know. Bellamy and all of them would have been, you know, for This is a like right suspended belief so, kind of situation. And so there was there was stuff like that. It was almost like how, you know, I get that she was trying to help, but how does somebody not notice that uh, people are dying due to arrows to the head type of stuff? Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I hope they have a plan in place that's not going to make me hate Clark more than I already do. Because you shouldn't hate your lead character. I love Clark. I just think... She's a strong, badass lady, but she makes dumb decisions. That's the 100. Riverdale, season one, episode 12, Anatomy of a Murder. Okay. Mind blown, twice. Really? Well, I mean, I guess I don't really, I mean, I, ultimately, I guess I don't care about who killed Jason Blossom. Uh-huh. I don't think the show has done a good job of making me care on the whys, the what fors. For Cheryl Blossom's uh, an awful actor. Or or care or care about the Jason Blossom character, like like <laughs> if Cheryl Blossom and I guess by extension Madeline Madeline Pitch was any good, um, or a character I didn't hate, then maybe I'd care about her dead twin brother. I I love Cheryl Blossom. I think she's the worst actor. I know. I think that I think that she's worse than Lana Perea. By extension and not liking the family, even though he wanted to get away and he was, uh, and, and things, but we also saw that he was, you know, part of the group of guys that were, you know, had the, the book about shaming the girls and things and stuff. And so maybe he turned around or something at, at one point and became 
uh, a better guy, but there's nothing like you've like learned about him or anything really that has made you care that much that he's dead, which is a, you know, Oh, not at all. I it's don't mostly, care. All. It's mostly because of how it started. Like there's just no, and they haven't shown you enough in any backstories or, and then like you said, with Cheryl being like, she seems to come around like here and there, but then also seems to like go off the deep end where she's like Xing people's pictures out on, you know, when she's with an red insane pen. person. Uh, so like, she's she's difficult to like and then the rest of that family's difficult to like and so you don't you don't care through extension that she lost her brother either because you don't really like her character mm-hmm. uh, and you don't meet Polly until so far into it that even though she loved him and stuff you still don't it still doesn't uh and that you know that they were trying to get away but i did find who it was interesting. And then also, also the reveal that the two families are part of the same. That those twins are, are third cousins or whatever, (laughs) that the babies are third cousins. Yes. Or, well, they would be fourth cousins or whatever. Whatever they are, they're related. Or whatever it is. Cause, cause Jason and Polly would have been third cousins, I think, or something like that. Something like that. Oh God. And so those type of things made sense of, of why, the families wanted to keep them apart because you know only only like the heads of the families knew that that was an actual thing because that was a reveal to Polly and Betty's dad knew but their mom didn't know you know that was a a revelation to her as well and so yeah it was those those types of things I thought they did uh, I thought they did pretty well it was interesting that all of that like gets revealed in you know, the 12th episode, and then you have basically the fallout from that. And it seems like the season finale is basically all going to be like set up for ongoing. I really hope they don't go ongoing the mysteries or whatever. Zombie Riverdale. <laughs> no, because but I... that guy who plays Jason is like teasing that he's going to be in season two and like he's dead. So how's that possible? And well, probably just know. more flashbacks or something like that, but. Well, with Sabrina the Teenage Witch right across the river, you never know. Because they did mention the town she's from. Right. I really like the little things. Like, Kevin finds out, obviously, that Joaquin was in on whatever this is. And there's not, like, a big blow-up about him being a fake boyfriend. Because Joaquin, it seems, did start to like Kevin. And, like, I didn't... I like that there was a little bit of kind of fall-off from that. And then Joaquin left town. But, like, Kevin was he still like kept it together like he still remained like a strong dude even though his boyfriend had clearly become his boyfriend to get information from him i don't know i just really liked that that was kind of how that played out i like um skeet Ulrich a lot uh, a lot a lot and i think that machin amick is really funny and she should be allowed to do like the when the two of them were going down the basement steps with the gun and she was allowed to be a little like almost funny about it like shut up and be ready to dial 911 like i think they need to be giving her more to do mm-hmm. i think marisol nichols new face or new teeth or whatever it is just throws me off completely i can't i can't <laughs> adjust to her face it's, something's off about it i'm glad molly ringwald's gone <laughs> and i'm interested to see what we're gonna see in the finale i mean i know there's a pussycat 
song, Josie and the Pussycats are back. I know that. I know not much else. And I'm here for Bughead all day, every day. Really? I love them. I'm, I don't disagree. I've just not seen a lot of that. I mean, there seems to be so much backlash about Jughead's sexu- um, sexuality on the show that it's... I'm with you, like Betty. Well, I think and the him problem make- is that they little- went full hard about like, oh, he's definitely going to be asexual. But then, like, I really think that they shouldn't have done that in interviews leading up to before they were able to shoot the show, because Lily and Cole have a very easy uh, chemistry. That I think they're writing to their chemistry, and then they are not sticking to their promise to make him asexual. And I don't know. Well, I don't think, I mean, I didn't remember all of the conversations in advance of the airing about it. I just remember a lot of the conversations, you know, surrounding around like the the source material. But the the, the one thing I'll say to that is not everybody has it figured out at 17. And just because he's in a relationship now could be an evolution of him figuring out who he ultimately is. So, you know, everyone needs to slow their roll there. And you're right. They've got great chemistry. So put them together. And it's yeah. high school. A lot of, you know, exactly. a lot of exploration of that, that, that kind of stuff happens. So, yeah. Um, I just think Luke Perry is so great, too. I'm really glad that he gets to be this gruff dad because um, he's awesome. And I don't know. I'm, I like the show so much better than I thought I would. And it did become a show that I was then like, OK, I'm going to watch this first this week. So that's a positive sign. But if they do go the Sabrina the Teenage Witch zombie route, I'm out. I can't. I don't think it'll be zombies, but I think we'll definitely see some supernatural elements next season. I just feel like if you've given me 13 episodes where you didn't do a single supernatural thing, it's a weird thing for me if it's going to suddenly be that there is witches. I know Sabrina the Teenage Witch lives across the river, but I feel like that's weird to pivot hard on these being average, dark, normal human teens to then there being something supernatural in the air. It'll be a hard pivot for me. That would be strange because there, you would think you would at least do something that would be like weird or unexplainable, or you know, seem you know, or something along the way, not just a, basically a straightforward teen right. soapy drama, you know, mystery drama. It just uh, that would be that would be a weird that would be a weird thing to do, but. So much better than the show had any right to be, probably. But again, I think uh, would have been a show that most people, when they they heard about it, would have been said something like, "Who is asking for this? Yeah. Why, why is this necessary?" And uh, then it's been a quite an it's been quite a fun thirteen or twelve episodes so far. So uh, to that, I always say, wait and see what actually happens. We'll see. We'll see. That's Riverdale. And now Chicago Justice, season one, episode 12, Fool Me Twice. Is that this week's episode? Uh, Whatever. If that was this week's episode, that's fine. I watched it. Um, I like this because it was, we we got more in uh, info, but spent more time with Antonio and and Nagel, who I don't remember her first name, Laura. Because it can't just be like Philip in the courtroom all the time. Yeah. Well, we've seen, some, we've seen some yeah. stuff with Nagel along the way and her um, daughter. I think get custody of her daughter and all. Yeah. 
I'm just I just feel happy. bad for John Seda because Antonio had a really rich story on PD and now he's got nothing yeah. to do. I'm just excited we finally got an episode that wasn't Stone like doing some weird quirk of the law that pissed off, you know, Jeffries and yeah, him yeah. and it being a long shot because it felt like we got three or four, five or six episodes in a row where it was essentially the same legal plot. And yeah. that got old quick. And I'm really glad they didn't win. Not that I don't think Dylan Neal's character deserved to go to jail, but I'm glad that it showed that they were a little human because they could lose. Yeah. Yeah, they need to, the heroes need to, especially in legal shows like this, the heroes need to not always win. Because, like, they do on fire and PD, and then to a lesser extent, med. Well, med, actually, maybe to a greater extent. They, like, fire and PD, they usually do save the day or win or something, but there's always a price. Somebody dies or somebody's injured or somebody has to leave. Like, they're very, like, there's not, it's not always positive. They always win. Everything always goes their way. And on med, care, like, their their patients do die. So it is, like, on a law show like this, to sustain it, they can't win every case. Right. But you, they can have, like, a good episode leading into it. I love Tim Kang, and I love Dylan... Is this Dylan Neal? This is Dylan Neal, right? Oh. There's so many Dylans. Dylan Walsh. <laughs> this is Dylan Walsh. Dylan Walsh. Dylan Neal is the guy who does Hallmark movies. I just... I don't know. I, I like the show because I'm a Chicago stan, 100%. Um, I watch them all day. I Actually, I did watch a lot this weekend because I, I like to watch them in air date order because you never know like when a story is going to bleed into the other shows. Even though they like only really do the big crossovers now and again, I like to be... I like to watch them in chronological order. Yeah. Um, so that gets hard when I don't have it like written down. So my DVR gets a little full and I'm like, crap, where do I start? If you could save either legal or med, because it sounds like both of them are kind of... <laughs> are not nearly as secure as fire and PD. If yeah. you could save legal or med, which would it be? At this point, even though I think the actors are not great in Chicago Med, I would say that because I am invested in their stories. I feel like you could put Antonio back at PD without an issue. I don't think that that would be a hard transition. So med for me, I think, just because I, I want to see, because I'm loving the Oliver Platt story and how good he is even though i think colin donald's not great i don't know med yeah med med's the only one i don't watch at this point i i don't think i lasted the first 10 episodes of med before i finally gave up on it but and i've and and fire i've tried to break up with like three or four times it's like oh, i've stopped watching but kept it on the dvr and then eventually went back to it and you know, the the one thing, if we talked about fire today, if fire had been on the books today instead of uh, legal, I would be bawling because Charlotte Sullivan was phenomenal in that arc. And that arc, you know, ripped open my insides was so good. And I, I'm I mean, I didn't I don't know. I don't know her much. I didn't watch um, flat whatever she was on. Was it rookie blue? Yeah. Um. I like her on uh, Mary Kills People, but I... I'm, I'm going to be watching that just because of her. I'm I don't... Sorry. I never thought Taylor Kinney was actually any good, but watching him in this week's episode where it finally happened, I was blown away. Yeah. I was absolutely... Yeah. Like, I, his real... You know, his crying felt real, and 
like that to me, I'm a big judge of a fake crier versus a real crier. And like, it felt real and it felt earned. And I don't know. I just, I love the Chicago world, the universe they've created. Yeah, I agree. It, it definitely felt earned. That was the, I like I said, I don't know if I'll keep watching fire, but I, I'm a big fan of, I'm a big fan of that arc and the way it played out. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about legal. I, like I said, I, I, I really want to see Philip Winchester succeed in something. My God, me too. I mean, I liked the player. Uh, I might've been, I think you, me and, and, and Philip Winchester's mom might've been the only ones that liked that show. Yeah. I was watching it. I liked it. Yeah. yeah Kurt I, watched it too, because we like Phil. Yeah. And, and, uh, I really liked the, the female on that show as well. And the, but neither here nor there, like since strike back, she's just not, he's just not had the success that I, I really thought that he would. Cause he's, yeah. he's a star and just hasn't had the right vehicle. I and you know, he yeah. is the most charming person too. So on like a personal level, I really want him to succeed because if anybody deserves it, it's this man, <laughs> but yeah, it's just said, not, ugh. I sat down with the two of them uh, one year at Comic-Con for Strike Back, and the two of them together is so fun. But you were right. He is just one of the most genuinely nice people out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I would say legal just for the sake of I want him to have, you know, more of a shot at something. But the show, I don't like the, the I'm not nearly the fan of Antonio that you are, so I could kind of care. I, I couldn't care less him. what happens to him. and <laughs> His part is the same way. Like, I'm just not, I do like the Valdez character. That's the second to, to Stone. Sure. But, and I, I think I like her only because of how good she, that the actress was on unreal. Um, but it right. just, it just doesn't land for me. Like PD far and away is my favorite of the Chicago shows. I and love Burzik is- so much. Adam Ruzik, Burgess. I live for them. I love them. I, was, I had I had totally missed that that Burgess was stepping away, that what's her face was stepping away for the show for the rest of the season. Like when they brought in Tracy Spiridakos's character this week, I was like, wait a minute, did I miss something? I know. Well, she's a little I, bit pregnant. She just had well, a baby girl. I, I know, and I, I wasn't I wasn't keeping up with the news as much as I used to, and I was and that had come to me as a surprise. So I was like, okay, she's not gone for good. Right. <laughs> so I did like that they said she was on furlough because I don't, I mean, Tracy Siridakos, like she did kick, uh, she meshed well with these guys. Um, I just, I don't want her to replace Burgess because like Marina to me is like, she's very, very good. And she and Al have a great relationship and she and Adam have a great relationship. And I just, I don't want them to. Like, because a lot of characters, that's another thing this shows, these shows so far have shown us is that characters do leave, like, and they don't come back. Right. And kind of sometimes without warning. Like, I had no idea Peter Mills was leaving in that first season or second season. And Peter Mills left and I was like, oh, maybe he'll come back. Maybe he'll come back. And he just never came back. Right. So I, I don't. Yeah, I, I would I would not be surprised if we lose somebody from PD within the next you know, 15 episodes or so, maybe not the end of the season, but, you know, somebody on that intelligence unit, I mean, they killed, they killed the character in the first season in the first, in the pilot episode. I mean, Mouse left. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I liked Mouse a lot. I did like Mouse. So, well, yeah, I'm glad we spent more time talking about the other Chicago shows than legal. 
Well, Sorry yeah, about- I feel like you can't talk about one without the other. So Chicago is very important um, to me. The four shows, I just love them. So, um, yeah. We'll see what happens. But you're right, it doesn't sound like... I mean, Dick Wolf's in the process of... He's championing all of them right now. And, and um, he's a big moneymaker. And I feel like NBC, they don't have American Idol because they didn't win it um, in the bid bidding stage so maybe they do have room to keep this all five of them or all four of them i mean we'll see we'll see yeah but it's 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 not like these shows make a lot of money in overseas like this is a very american show and it doesn't work in overseas like some of their other shows work so yeah i'm hopeful but i'm not i'm not gonna be devastated these are not shows that maybe pd maybe fire but justice and ned i won't be devastated if they're gone Reality. Survivor. Uh, I want Michaela to win so hard. A lot of people hate her. A lot of people on the show hate her. But I love her. I loved her in her season. I think she got kicked off too soon. And I'm really, 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 really sad. And I might be the only person in the world besides Debbie. Um, But I'm really mad Debbie didn't make it further because she is just the best TV that there is. She has every job under the sun. Talks about how great of a gymnast she was and then fails at one of the the challenges where she has to walk across a balance beam. Um, I just, I say it every time I talk about Survivor, but I'm, this is what, 34 seasons in? I'm still surprised. I still don't know what's going to happen. I still get surprisingly moved by things. And um, the the family visit episode is this week, and I know I'm going to cry because I cry all the time when I watch a family visit episode like my other show in reality, MasterChef Junior, where all the parents came and cheered their kids on, and I was crying because I cry. Um, I'm a crier. We've had this conversation a million times. Um, but Survivor, I just... I don't... I was, I was happy to see Ty go also because I feel like he was not a good player. Um, he went out with two idols in his pocket and not because he was cocky because he just didn't pay attention. So, um, I don't know. I'm here for it. Just a couple weeks left. I think there's only three episodes left this season. And then the reunions, because the finale is on the 80, I want to say the 18th, 17th, 17th. Maybe it's the, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but it's soon and I love it. And then, MasterChef Junior, while I'm talking about it, those kids are so cute and they make me feel so inadequate and they're just so good at making things. And I'm like, how do you know how to make a beef wellington? Do you get a recipe from someone? Like, how does that happen? Because (laughs) I would never be able to do it without a a recipe. Like, I make the same cupcakes, like my apple cupcakes that I make all the time. I still need the recipe in front of me because I don't want to mess them up. I mean, baking is a little more, um, like, perfect measurements and things like that than cooking is, but still... Um, and they're just so cute and I'm really happy because I was reminded last week's episode was like a clip show that was a look back at things you may not have seen or catch up with um, you know old winners and old chefs like that I was so happy um, that this season doesn't have any smarmy like smug teenage boys on it because i was i was reminded how arrogant of a child i thought samuel from his season was he was just this arrogant little eight 13 year old kid the kind of kid i hated in middle school um so i was glad that he there was no one like that this season and i hope that jasmine wins and then the amazing race 
uh, I don't actively hate anybody, which I think is a positive for it to be this far into the season. And But I'm also not actively rooting for anybody either. Maybe Team Fun, because it's made up of uh, like six from Blossom and the guy who wants everybody to sign her year. Like, it's basically, if you're thinking about the movie, Can't Hardly Wait. Uh, great movie. Melissa Joan Hart's character and the her counterpart, the guy who wants everybody to sign his yearbook character, that's basically what Team Fun is. And I love them. They're taking joy in everything they're doing. They haven't fought. It's just really good. I want them to win. So that's reality. There you have it. Yay. TV recommendations. Am I the only one with a recommendation? I thought about it as we were talking. I really think everybody should watch Last Man on Earth. This season was so good. Um, the season premiere was so good with Kristen Wiig. The season finale was so good. Spoiler alert with some surprise guests at the end. I just really enjoyed it from the beginning to the end, and I hope it comes back for season four. That's my recommendation. So now you have one. I have one. That's right, because Jason doesn't have one. Because Jason's not imaginative and doesn't doesn't have joy in his life. Well, um, not yet. Till Joyce will be back soon enough. Your recommendation is on my list of things I want to watch. <laughs> So now that was your prompt. Convince him. Uh, well, so it's uh, Killjoy season two on Netflix. Uh, no kidding, because um, <laughs> you know we can't have a recommendation without Jason recommending Killjoys. No, oh, Casual uh, comes back in three weeks. <laughs> uh, Sensate season two. two weeks. Drawn... Sorry. No, is it? Does it air on Fridays? <laughs> Wednesdays on Blue. <laughs> Sensei came out on but a Friday. Sensei came out on Friday. Sensei came out on Friday. Uh, the 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 next season of Netflix kind of the I think it's one of the weirdest shows it has out there, um, just sorry. because of the way the way that it tells its story is so unique. Um, I'm normally not the fan of the slow build shows where it's more where the cinematography takes place and it's it's I'm more of a plot guy. Give me great characters and give me great plot and. <laughs> And Sensei is is so great at letting the plot develop slowly and organically, even though it's a you know global conspiracy that's going on. Um, the show's just phenomenal. It's it's wonderfully made. It you know its first season took a while to build the world, and its second season has really got to open the world up and play in it and play in the science fictiony nature of everything to really play on. Um, you know, the A characters, interpersonal dynamics. And and I, I especially like how this season we started to see more of the world outside and we've started to see more of some of the side characters get to see more of the world inside. It's a phenomenal show. It's if you're not watching, you should. It's it, to me, it might be the best show on Netflix. And I know Here's that's my connection, cool. my connection to Sensei. Um, never watched an episode, had no idea what it was about, like at all. I knew that Brian J. Smith was in it. Like, it, I didn't even know that, what's her name, Daryl Hannah and the guy from Lost are in it. Like, I didn't even know. Mm. So Kurt was like, hey, you're in Chicago this weekend. Let's go to a screening of Sense8. Like, okay, that sounds like a great idea for someone who's never watched a show that I know was a complete mind frack. So we sit down and we're like, please enjoy the first two episodes of season two. And I'm like, what? Uh, for about 20 minutes... I had absolutely no idea what was going on. None. No idea. And that was an uncomfortable 20 minutes in the dark of the music box theater in Chicago. But <laughs> as I started watching it and understanding what they were doing, who they were fighting against, what this guy had kind of done, and 
um, how why Brian's character was being drugged and all these things. It was just so immersive and so different and so odd and so well acted and the cinematography is beautiful and the direction is great. And I got to see Lana talk about it, Lana Wachowski talk about it afterwards. And she just loves it so much that you can tell, like she had to, she had to put a lot of herself into this season because Lily was transitioning and didn't, isn't involved in season two at all. So it was like a lot of just kind of all on Lana and it just sounds like such an intense thing. And it's, it was beautiful and it makes me want to go back and watch it and know what I'm watching and watch more of season two because it really is just eye-opening and beautiful and really, really well done. Yeah. And then I met Neil Young. In a classic name-dropping situation, Kurt <laughs> and I somehow ended up at Lana's house. Okay. And Daryl Hannah's there. It, it's a long story. Daryl Hannah's there and she, we're talking to her like we're old friends um, because that's just how Daryl Hannah is. She's just a really nice lady and she was just like shook her hands and I guess she assumed, oh, these guys are at Lana's house. They must be someone that would be at Lana's house. So I'm just going to hang out and talk to them like we're just old friends. Then she's like, oh, you guys know Neil? Like to just introduce us to Neil Young, her boyfriend. And Kurt and I were like, um, no. Hi, Mr. Neil Young of Crossy Hills <laughs> Nash and Young. We didn't say more than like hello to him, but still it was very much like Oh my God, this is our life today. Um, so all that's convinced me to watch Sense8. Good call. Yes. Um, so those are our recommendations. You can find links to our recommendations and the news stories we talked about, as well as where you can find Ivy on the internet in the <laughs> show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 368. Next week, Jason will be joined by... And Jason can fill that out later if he knows. Yeah, I don't... Um, well, we'll see, what, uh, we'll see what happens, but may... I've gotten, as you listening probably can tell, gotten behind on getting episodes out in a you know semi-timely manner. And uh, then I got sick, which put me even further behind in getting uh, episodes out. And so may actually skip the next week. Because there's going to be a lot of news next week to coming out. To be able out. to get stuff out. And so the next episode after this one might actually be Amory and Ray with me uh, in a couple weeks talking about like upfronts and the end of seasons and things like that. Sounds good. Upfronts. So yeah, so that's it. 